it's setting the example. If you start eating right and you start taking care of, you start getting up early and you're doing your training and you see results, your kids are going to look at you and go, they're either going to look at you and go, my dad's fat and old and he can't really play with us. Or they're going to look at you and go, dang, dad, how do I get abs like you? When I grow up, I want to be like you. That's a fucking choice, man. Hey guys, don't forget to check out the Street Cop Training Conference April 23rd through the 28th, 2023 at the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center. It's going to be a great experience. Five career-changing days. Some of the most profound speakers in the industry. Guest speakers include Rob O'Neill, the guy who killed Bin Laden, Kyle Carpenter, the youngest living Congressional Medal of Honor winner, Fox News host Tommy Lahren, Navy SEAL American war hero Jason Redman, Sheriff David Clark, Sheriff Mark Lamb, and Sheriff Wayne Ivey. You'll also spend time with all of our Street Cop instructors at this event Monday through Friday. We'll have a great lineup of courses in addition to our great speakers. It will be a week that you will not forget. You'll be thankful you came. You don't want to miss out. Check out streetcop.com on how to register. If you're going to use the room code, make sure you book it from Sunday through Friday. That's what the code's good for, and it's about half the price of the regular rate. But those rooms are running out, so make sure you sign up now. We'll see you there. Nick, I'm never going to say your last name. Can you say say it for me so I can fucking get it right? You're not going to get it right. Kumalatsos. I'm going to actually write it down. Kuma. K-O-U. Break it down like this. K-O-U. I got it. I got it. Dash. Kumalatsos. There we go. Yeah, I got it, dude. I'm fucking rock and roll. Hey, guys. Welcome to this episode of Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benito. I have with me today, Nick Kamalutsos. A lot of you guys know who he is. Nick's a badass motherfucker. <laughs> and I said his name right. We just practiced it. Not no, that you, shit you totally fucked it up. <laughs> Kamalutsos. Kamal, uh, Kamalatsos. <laughs> Makes it even better. Frank, you better not edit, edit this shit. Do not edit. I want to eat it. Do I not need, edit that. I, want to I need like to that. own my fucking mistakes as a human <laughs> yeah. being, dude. What's crazy is before you started, you said it right. And then you started... <laughs> All right. No, it is Nick. I'm I'm just I'm very nervous. I want I want you to launch the pre-recording of the podcast. I think that was that was better. That's gonna be better than the podcast. I don't know, dude. I'm gonna fucking step up here and we're gonna fucking knock this one out of the park. Okay. All right. Yo, tell us who you are, bro. You got a crazy fucking history. You're a fucking savage on many levels. And just tell everybody who the fuck you are if they don't know who you are already. Um, I wake up in the morning and I tell myself I'm a bad motherfucker. And I, I really do. I really do say that, but you know, in, in all seriousness, I'm just a dude um, trying to live an extraordinary life. Uh, I grew up. Uh, actually, you you guys probably, if we were in a different life in a different decade, you'd probably be trying to arrest me. But um, I grew up moving all over the United States. My mom, we moved every six months. Um, I don't. I think she was running from the law. We're not a hundred percent sure. Um, but lived out of very poor, lived out of trash bags and and just moved wow. every six months up until the age I was about 11 or 12 years old. And we finally came back to Florida. At that point, by the time I was 13, I had two felonies as an adult, um, got involved in some gangs. You know, if you don't, if, if young men or men don't have it, we were tribal people, right? If you don't have a tribe, you don't have a positive outlook, you're going to find one. Well, I fucking found one, um, which led me to, uh, you know, two felonies by the time I was 13. Uh, a little bit of time in juvie and some boot camp stuff. Um, but by the time I was 13 or 14, I was living the straight and narrow, sober, not doing drugs, you know, not trying, not knocking up any chicks anymore. 
And uh, I was on the path of greatness by the time I was 14. And it was funny because all your te- all the teenage years, they start getting into that shit. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm going to go to work and make some money. Love it. Um, so that's what I did. That's what I did uh, up until uh, essentially 18 and, and then uh, joined the Marine Corps. And then spent 12 years in the Marine Corps as a uh, as a force reconnaissance Marine. And then uh, after that, uh, the last half of my career was with uh, Marine uh, MARSOC, Marine uh, Special Operations Command, as a Raider. It's awesome, dude. It's wild shit. People don't know, like, you're fucking really not embellishing much here. Matter of fact, you're doing quite the opposite. You got a hell of a history, dude. Yeah. And uh, you are an American fucking icon and and badass motherfucker. Let me ask you this real quick. What happened at 14 that clicked in your brain? Uh, like, the two felonies it? and the, the the two years of community service that that somehow my mom negotiated with the judge. Um, so I, I, I did community service up until I was almost 16 years old. The, the, like, I, I think it would have been better if I just did like a stint in, in jail and <laughs> just got it done. But I, no, I did two years of community service. And, uh, and, and I saw kind of, you know, I started to kind of realize, I'll tell you a quick story. We had this operation where we were stealing shit and then turning it in and making some money and whatever. But um, we had this rule that the that we didn't bring any chicks on operations. Well, the dude, the leader, who I, I don't I didn't remember, my mom actually told me this last night that he got actually locked up for statutory rape. Um, oh. Yeah, he was, I think he was 18 and she was 14 and uh, he wanted to bring her on. I was like, dude, that's like your rule. Your rule was no chicks. He's like, oh, she'll be a lookout, bro. She's the one that sung. And the reason why I went to jail, like the reason why I went, I got busted was because of her. And, uh, and, and then everybody, you know, talked and they cut deals. And I was the only one that was like the cool, tough guy that never talked and didn't say anything. And they threw the book at me. Um, yeah. So uh, no big deal. Um, but it was, it was definitely a good learning lesson, but it was because of that kind of stuff. And I saw how like your friends are not really your friends. You know that I know that now the kids that are in that world, they're like, no, these are my homies. They're my brothers. It's like, dude, as soon as shit goes sideways, they're all looking out for number one. Those are not your homies. They are not your brothers. That's a fact. Um, and hell, you've probably, you know that probably because you did the job. You've probably seen that yourself. I think you I know? did life, dude. You know what I mean? I think I just did a lot. Like I, I've experienced life up to 41 yeah. and transitioned several times from this to that to this. Yeah. And, you know, dude, I, I watch a lot of these videos on like social media. I think there's one that's popular going on right now with uh, Tyler Perry where he's giving a speech and an award. And he says, your friends are like rocket boosters. They can't make it all the way to space with you. They don't know where you're going, but sometimes they fall off. You just got to forget about them. And yeah. dude, it sounds fucked up to say that, Yeah, but it is true, dude. Not everybody's going everywhere with you. And sometimes your family's not even going anywhere with you. You know, nope. it's, and, and you just got to know it. People say it's lonely at the top. I mean, that sounds like a very narcissistic thing to say, but the more you grow, that's what it really means. The more you grow, the more- yeah you realize that you've got you. I won't say it's lonely. I'll say it's thin. <laughs> it's, yeah. The few, the few is at the top. I just posted a reel about uh, old Snoop Dogg talking about the gap effect and talking about as you come up, people aren't going to come up with you. So you either got to come back down to their level or they got to rise to the occasion. And the reality is, is, is they're just not going to. Majority of them will not go into and you're just going to have to, you're going to have to leave them behind. 
but that was really after that, that I just really start, I started seeing all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I, I need to look out for me and I gotta, I gotta take care of me. Cause I'm, I'm going to go, Oh, you know what the biggest one was a uh, juvie was full. The second time I got arrested and they had to process me through County with all the grown men. And I'm like 12 or something. And I was like, this is, this is, this is not for me. This is, I don't want to, whatever, like juvie, I would walk in and I'd be like, you know, I think I'm a little, you know, 130, 140 pound badass, um, 140 pound badass. But I I went up to, I showed up into County, um, Bay County in, in Panama city, Florida. And I was like, this is not where I want to be. I mean, and that's where there's a grown men in there. And I was, this is not for me. And that was a big eye opener as well. Um, but yeah, after that, um, went to, went to court, got it all handled. They threw two years of community service at me. Cause my mom pleaded, she's such a good boy. Just let him, let it, you know, let him prove himself, et cetera. She wasn't wrong. Right. So she got it right. She, no, she herself. wasn't wrong. She yeah. wasn't wrong. Yeah. She wasn't wrong at all, but you know, and it really was, you know, I wasn't a bad kid. I was just looking for connection. Right. I was looking, I didn't have an active, you know, I have, you know, I have a dad, but he wasn't active in my life at the time. And, um, I had an abusive stepfather. So like, it was like, it was, she was working two jobs to support my brother and I. So it was just a, it was a recipe for disaster, man. You know, a young man hits puberty very young. I hit puberty at like nine or 10 years old. Wow. And yeah. And, you know, so there's the hormones are going off. You don't have a positive male role model to kind of guide you. And, you know, it, it is, it's just a recipe for disaster. You've probably seen those kids, you know, however long you were in law enforcement, you probably, you probably saw a ton of those kids, you know, working, working, whatever uh, cities you were working. I want to share something with you about you bringing that up because recently uh, I do a lot of reflecting on my life. And I think about as a police officer, some of the ways I behaved towards these children. And now listen, some kids could not be talked to or negotiated with, but I didn't see them right. Cause I wasn't trained to see them right at 23, right. 24. I wasn't trained to see them right. I was trained that I was the law and they would abide by it. If they didn't, we would handle it that way. And yeah, I now look back and realize that there's one girl in particular and she's a fucking nightmare, dude. Like I hated deal with her. I had like this grudge against her. Like I hate it. Like, and we were, we were, it wasn't like this podunk town, busy place. She was just a uh, name always came up. She was always on the map. You know, dude, she came. I remember she was in headquarters one night. She was just mouthing off to us, like, fuck you. Like, just crazy. And her father came in. She's telling her father to fuck himself. You know, and he's like, not a bad guy. And he's like, I don't know how to control her. And like, you know, I'm going to come back to this in a second. But years later, I went to PetSmart and she was actually working the register. And she was older at that time, which clearly spoke volumes of how she had progressed and she became right. somebody, at least at a job. And I said, Do you recognize me? And she hated my guts, dude. Right. And she like, I thought she'd be like, oh, hey, da, da, da. like we would like, sometimes that happens when you're a cop. You're like, oh my God, like I was such an asshole to you. And she's like, oh, and like just rung me up, you know? So what I probably didn't realize later on was that behavior was caused by something. I don't think her dad was, a, I think the mom died. Mm -hmm. Right. And I a trigger too, for something, right. An influence of some sort. Yeah. yeah. And I was just too fucking stubborn or didn't have the right perspective or training to see that. Hey, this girl's not a bad girl, right? You're yeah. not, you're just not communicating to her correctly. She's being, something's going on inside, right? And there are some, listen, there's some pure evil little motherfuckers out there, right? There's, yes. but, but there's not many of them, to be quite honest with you. Even some of the worst ones that I've had later on, as I got better at communication, 
they were like, well, I didn't see it that way, man. I'm like, well, that's what I'm trying to explain to you, brother. That's you know why I mean? we're like, having the conversation. Yeah. Right. That's why you're in cuffs and you're here. And I'm like, why? Well, I'm like, well, look, right. man, we could like even adults, dude. Like we had a guy one time. I'll tell you this real quick. Anyway, he woke up in the back of the police car. Right. I'm going to leave it back at headquarters. We're laughing. He's like, yo, he's like, I was a fucking asshole, you guys. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like you were. I'm like, it's no hard feelings. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm fucking sorry, dude. I'm like, everybody's sorry when they come back here. Believe me. And <laughs> yeah. we don't hold any grudges. We're not here like try like, so look, dude, technically you could catch all these charges. I go, we're going to write you a little thing here. It's going to be a summons. Come to court. You're a cool dude. We're cool. You fucked up. You made a mistake. We don't got to go. You don't got to go get a defense attorney, all this crazy shit, right? Because you're going to be wrong. I'm telling you, we're not seeing the wrong way. Come in. We'll make it a $250 fine. We'll try to get your lowest fine. And because you came in here, man, the fuck up. Yeah. Right. And we could do that. It's not like we were like, we didn't have to hit him with six felony charges to prove our point. The point was proven. Right. right? Yeah. He, believe me, he felt it the next day. So his point <laughs> yeah, was proven. Right. And I'm not trying to sound like we, it wasn't a use of force thing. It was certainly justified. It was documented. He just didn't think it was going to happen. But anyway, uh, so back to your thing, man, I'm, 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 I'm compassionate. And I really do understand who you were as a confused kid going through things that you were going through. Yeah, I think, and I think that for a long, I, I, I think it's it's something that's really lost. Not in all, not in all agencies, but you know, some agencies because you are. You think about it, you get a guy that comes out of school. You're now you're, uh, you know, you're on patrol at what 21, 22? Like, dude, you're like you're a couple years removed from being that kid, you know. So it is hard to understand that you have the responsibility not just as as a law enforcement officer, but you're also a mentor, man. Like you're right. the, the amount of effect that you can have in a community is way above keeping the law. And if you can have the wherewithal to understand that and to navigate that human terrain, I truly believe that there you have a, a lot of power to change a lot of young men's lives. Some of the accolades we received back from this police training company is, and I'm really proud of, is that we act as role models for the younger cops because everybody yeah. who's here has 20 plus years in the game. I got on when I was 19, dude. So um, I know who I was and all I needed was somebody to put their arm around me and say, try it this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not just, it's just not so binary. You can literally do this job very, very beautifully and it can be a great rewarding thing, but calm this down, turn this up. Right. Yeah. Don't forget, you can go back there if you have to, but you don't need to do that. And I tell you, like we talk about a lot to the younger guys, like if you look young and people are picking up on the fact that you look young, use it to your advantage. Be 10 times more nice and surprise them that you're 21, but you're so in control emotionally that you've surprised them on how kind you are. Yeah. Like, don't be the 21 year old kid. Go out and fucking write 16 tickets to everybody because you're. Because you're a, you're a hard charger, like you don't have to do that to prove your point, you know. And 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 you know, we don't want people to perceive cops as bad people. They're not. They're just mistrained. All it is. It's a big one. Big game of improperly trained. Oh, and now you're getting into politics of law enforcement, unfortunately. But yeah. Well, yes and no. Of, I won't say politics. I want to say addressing. Where the core problem well, of the issues I'm, are. I'm talking more about leadership, like where the oh, leadership yeah. puts their priorities. You know what I mean? Oh, no doubt. You know, you want to the real core? What where political leadership puts their puts their priorities, right? Right. Um, if you really wanted change, what have you done? 
right? right. For five, for now, for the past 10 years, I've been begging for change. What's been implemented? What have you come to a police training company who's actually having success or other ones or getting us collectively yeah. and sit down and go, guys, we got to fix this. And we go, we know how to do it. Yeah. We're doing it already. We're doing it without yeah. you. Right. right. No, they don't. <laughs> so we know it's not. That's why I'm not interested in the political conversation. We could talk about where it comes from. So us, we're just like, we're not fucking waiting for you, dude. Right. We're going to do it ourselves because we're proud of this profession, just like you're proud of your service and you should be. Yeah. And you know that there's even guys in special forces that give you guys a bad name. But, you know, most of you guys are fucking great. I know that I I listen to you guys talk. I listen to your podcast. I I'm friends with a lot of you guys. Yeah, you know? it's, so I, it's, I, it's the same thing. There's always gonna, there's always going to be bad apples and assholes. Um, but the great thing is you don't have to be one. That's you right. know, but for instance, like for my story, if you want to go back to that. Um, the co- the guys that I dealt with, I think they got the word on the street. They got fired after it, um, or maybe they got busted for something else. But I got, I was in the sixth grade. First time I got arrested, they came into the school, in the classroom, cuffed me and drugged me out. No parent, guardian, lawyer, nothing arrested me, took me, took me down, interrogated me, no parent, no guardian, no lawyer, nothing. And then took me in town and processed me. That was it. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know anything. But what's your initial reaction on that? Is that one, it was the early 90s, right? We know that. So it's a different time. <laughs> Don't forget, dude, we're four in our forties, right? So yeah, yeah. your early nineties was 30 fucking years ago, 35 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So bro, guess what? Same shit, dude. I've been on traffic stops in my town. are like, take your hand off that hood again. I'm going to knock your fucking teeth out of your face. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, it's like three in the morning. There's nobody around. I'm like, these guys are not playing. They're going to punch my fuck. They, they weren't playing. <laughs> I worked. I later worked with those guys. That's where I worked. They weren't playing. They were dead fucking serious. Yeah. Take your hand off that car one more time. And you're gonna learn how I never get this guy saying you're gonna learn, you're gonna find out how people lose teeth with the Woolwich Police Department. And I went, I knew they weren't lying. They were dead serious. Nobody else around. There's no iPhones, there's none of that shit, dude. Yeah. And right. And 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 bro, so it all comes down to one overall thing: the behavior, the lack of knowledge, the lack of due process. All this stuff comes down to a lack of perspective from a lack of training. Yeah. Right? So and, and they weren't young guys, they were older guys, but when I look back at it now and everything that I do with mentoring men, mentoring youth, um, I look at it and go, man, that was a, a unique opportunity for them to sit me down. Now, if they did all the same things and broke the law, it's fine, whatever. But if they set me down and said, listen, you're probably not a bad kid. Let me tell you how you're fucking up and what is in store for your life and what could be your life on a positive side, you know? I'm not here to ruin your life. I don't want you to just make bad mistakes that you're going to, because these other kids and they, they were really, really bad. Um, and you know, there was not, there was an opportunity to do something. Now, if you take that opportunity and and it is not received or whatever, it continues to happen. Well, then you put the other hat on. Right. Um, but they they didn't do any of that. And looking back at it now, I'm like, Oh, wow. That was a, that, that I'm not saying that it would have, but it could have changed. It could have changed the course or direction of my life early on. I, I think it comes down to the culture of a place mm-hmm. and how everybody else behaves. And I, I've talked about this before. A friend of mine 
and again, you know, I could just hear old coworkers of mine like this guy's full of shit, right? Because everybody forgets. But one of my friends, in at least his perspective, who rose very high through the ranks, said, "You know, you came here and did it different, and we didn't like that, but you were right." Yeah, he's like, you know, so when I started to, because dude, I assimilated with the culture, right? I'm like, right, like. And I'm leaving it at that. I'm leaving it very vague. Yeah, right. Like, oh, oh, fuck with us. Right. Like, and then like four years, three years later, I'm like, hey, man, look, and just learning communication and kindness and pull. Oh, this works. And then all of a sudden I'm getting called to places to speak with people. I could tell you one story. Guy dumps a gun. My sergeant calls me up. He goes, you come down to this it's a whole other side of town. He goes, you come over here. I said, yes. Yeah. So I can pull up. I go, what do you got? He goes. Dude, we got to find this gun. I mean, there's kids everywhere. It's a neighborhood. We got to find out where he dumped this gun. And I go, all right. I go, uh, where is he? Because in that car over there. I go, whose car is that? He goes, so and so's. Give me your keys. I sat in a car. I come out five minutes later. I go, see that bush two blocks down? It's in that bush, right? And the, and he's like, everybody's like looking at me. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to explain to all of you. Talk to them. All I did was get in the car and explain things to the guy within. The limits of the Constitution. I did not try to trick him. As a matter of fact, I did him a solid for doing me a solid. Yeah. And it wasn't some kind of trickery. It was what I could do for you. Um, I will stay with you. You will get me. If you like me, you will get me. Um, but, dude, we need to know where that fucking gun is. I mean, and the I reason why. Yeah. 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 And that's and you. There are kids around here. Kid grabs a gun. You're going to look at a fucking murder charge. No bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to find it. Just make our lives easy. And I promise you, when we get back. We'll make your life easy because we can call the judge and say this guy didn't want to cooperate. Just want you to know that. And or we could say, listen, he was he knew he did something wrong. And your bail, as it's set, could be one that can get you out tonight or maybe next week when your family conjures up the money or we'll see you at trial, motherfucker. Your choice. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not that wasn't like a threat. I'm like, but we can. That's just I don't the reality have to say, of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, help us. And dude, it wasn't like. I'm trying to break the luck. Like, dude, we really don't want kids getting killed with this thing. If a kid grabs this gun, there's a hundred kids in his neighborhood and somebody gets killed. That's our concern. And there's actually case law surrounding our ability to do that. We're allowed to say things like that. Yeah. And see, that's the different, that's the level of like mentorship. That's the level of leadership that people should rise to because you do have that kind of power to go one way or the other. And you think about it, if you take the, if you take the hard way, always, always, you know, there's, there's a time for the, there's a time for the hammer guarantee. There's always a time. There is definitely a time for a hammer. But it's sometimes you need a scalpel. It's the same thing in special operations. You know, you get a, you get the guys that want to be the hammer all the time. And it's like, hey, listen, you know, sometimes it takes a little finesse, you know, just a little bit of ease and you get a lot more done. I mean, we got a lot done downrange sometimes with a scalpel that we never even had to leave the fob. You know what I'm saying? I'll mm -hmm. leave it at that. Like bad guys go away. We didn't even have to leave the fob, scalpel, not yeah. a hammer. And you know what? And by doing that, I didn't have to put a bunch of people at risk. We didn't have, you know, nobody died. Well, none of our guys died, et cetera. Right. I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, I think even now this conversation does a great service. I mean, you know, Nick, this is with all humility. We are top 100 podcasts in the education space in Apple iTunes. So when you say these things and you're experiencing this as a kid, it is going to the ears of today's law enforcement officers who are young and saying, oh, okay. So next opportunity comes tonight or after they listen to this podcast and say, I have an opportunity. 
Dude, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I wanted it. Like I wanted somebody to put their arm around me and like help me figure shit out. But I didn't have that. So I found it in gangbangers, you know, hoodlums. Cause they did. They're like, come on over, bro. We got you. We'll teach you the ways. Oh, sweet. You, they, these are my homeboys. They got me. They're going to take care of me. They're going to watch my back. And I wanted it from some, you know what I mean? I wanted it from somebody. Somebody else. with structure. Somebody yeah, with somebody structure. Positive, yeah. I, right. I need that. I, I craved it. And I think most, I think most kids do. I think all kids do really. And they're going to find it one way or the other. And so kind of like, you know, pivoting to, to, to law enforcement or fatherhood or whatever you want to call it. One, are guys doing that in their own work, right? Are they, are they that individual or are they just a hammer walking around there by fears? Because like you said, you stepped in that car, you talked to that guy, boom, you got it done. Nobody else, nobody else needed to get hurt. And, uh, and it's over and everybody can go back to drinking coffee or, you know, bullshit <laughs> or the next call, right? Hey guys, if you're enjoying the Street Cop Podcast, do us a favor and go give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Tell a friend. We don't charge anything for the episodes. We appreciate your support. Check us out on any social platform by putting into the search bar, Street Cop Training. Give us a follow. We have a lot of free content coming out every single day that you might not catch here on the podcast, and it's important for you to be able to do your job more professionally, and we also entertain you as well. Well, dude, we're trying to really set the example and, and acknowledging that a lot of these mistakes are made constantly. And, you know, it does hurt feelings at times to have to address the hard, cold truth about where we are fucking failing. You know, it's the world isn't that wrong. I, they're wrong in a sense of like really trying to crucify a complete profession, but we're definitely fucking oh, up, stupid. dude. That's so stupid it, though. Yeah, But I'm saying, yeah, yeah. no, I agree. But I'm like, but I also acknowledge that like, like, yeah, like, I've seen the videos. We can do better, right? Like, I'm yeah. not saying we can be perfect, but we can. And it's not that big of a deal for us to be able to do better. Um, we see this. I, I actually did videos yesterday because I cared enough on what to do when somebody's, they have these things called First Amendment auditors, right? So these guys come in and they're like recording the inside of the fucking police department. And they're, you know, these cops come out, they're like, let me see your ID. And I'm like, yeah, let's back up for a second. One, you've seen these videos, I don't know. 150 times. So you kind of know if you're the cop now is on, on this being done to, you should kind of know where you're going with this, right? Let's not look like the last 23 jackasses on YouTube that didn't know what they were doing. So yeah, did a video yesterday for TikTok and it said, look, guys, let's talk about this. What law does somebody break if they're videotaping or on a cell phone recording your parking lot or your parking garage? And the answer is none. So according to the U S Supreme court, uh, in order to compel or force somebody to identify themselves, number one, at a very minimum, we have to have an offense. So if there's no offense being committed. We know that we're in no position to force identification. You certainly by law can ask, you have your ID on you. They don't have to comply. And people say things like, you're educating the public. I'm like, bitch, they fucking know already. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think? They don't know? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's 2023. It's the cops who don't know. And that's the scary thing. Oh, I And know by that. the way, we are constitutionalists. We're not trickery game work within the constitution of the United States of America. Good, bad, or indifferent. These are the rules, motherfucker. And you got to play by them. Did you ever come across my, uh, my video with my gym? No, I heard the, no, you didn't. Which one's that? That's when they raided my gym. Who raided your gym? 
the the five zero, bro. Where I came in hot, Holly Ridge, North Carolina. Why? During the shutdown. So you were opening it up. Well, I shut down for like three weeks, and then the governor just did never did anything. He's just like, no, we're we're down. And it was supposed to be like two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever they were saying. So three weeks later, he just came out and said, okay, nothing. And he didn't mention gyms. So I just went to the CDC website, came up with some things, followed their guidelines of what they were saying and said, okay, I'm going to open back up. Cause all my members were like, dude, first of all, let's, let me get something straight. This gym is 2,400 square feet. I'm in a town of 2,500 people, <laughs> right? Not much happening, you know, not right. a big money maker, not a big, you know, there's like 12 people that work out there at a time. And um, <laughs> so we opened back up and they were hitting me up. They're like, dude, it's been two, it's been three weeks. I'm losing my mind. I got to get back in the gym. This is, I can only do so many pushups. I need to lift some weights. And uh, so we did. And yeah, man, they came in hot. What happened? They just raided the gym, hands on guns and yelled at people and told one guy to put the dumbbells down. I shit you not. He's like, put the dumbbells down. It's like while he was doing curls, it was just obscene. Um, mm. It was a big, it was a big ordeal, and uh, we're just wrapping up the the court case now. Um, it's been over two and a half years, but yeah. Anyways, I asked what law they were breaking because he started harassing the members, and he goes, "This is a law." I said, "No, what statute are these people breaking by being here? What statute am I being breaking by by running my business?" And he and he literally rolled the window up. While I ask the question, that's the stuff that makes me uncomfortable. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I, I I want men and women in blue to represent us appropriately, and you know, being a constitutionalist really means being reminded of what the Constitution stands for. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I don't want to take a position of because I don't know everything that went on. Yeah, and obviously, I represent the blue side of things, but I also represent guys like you as well. Who are saying what'd you think and i'm gonna go well i wasn't there but i certainly don't think that i'm not oh, we had a lot of because it's all on video and it's all recorded and security stuff so it, it all it went viral it was all on the internet so did you guys uh you guys have uh law enforcement personnel that go to your gym they were there at the time that's what i figured dude that's why i said that yeah they were there i had a at a marshal that had a u.s marshal there at a at a couple of raiders there I had, it was yeah. Anyways, it, it was funny. Um, and then this, you know, guy who actually was a retired Marine as well, he got fired after it, um, after it happened. But nonetheless, it was a fourth amendment break. They, they basically came into the gym under the, you know, breaking the fourth amendment, no warrant, no nothing. Um, and, uh, and, and raided it and shut us down. And anyways, um, so what happened I, after that? Like you guys ended up in court is, is it being resolved in court. Are you guys fighting? How's that going? Yeah, it's basically it's the lawyers are fighting it out with the town and and still still fighting still yeah. It was, what are they? Not, what what are they? What are, listen, dude, I I am also subject to some fucking funky shit too. Believe yeah. me, and I can't talk about it right now. Uh, but you'll you know you could look into some things that I'm going through. So I'm I'm with you, bro. I'm very compassionate about it. Uh, I'm assuming you're friends with Ian Smith too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would. It would only make sense, right? Yeah, it all and happened. Same, it other. all happened at the same time. Yeah, uh, and he's Jeff, not too out, far from us. He's about forty-five minutes south of me. Okay, and Jeff out, out in uh, out in Arizona. But yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. Unfortunately, it's not gonna have the resolution that I wanted. Um, and I'll and I'll talk about it publicly when it's all said and done. 
mm-hmm. um but they they had some stuff in there it was basically a gag order like on me that i could never talk about it again after it was all done and i was like oh this is not going to work you're, you're not you're not going to silence me and then come after me afterwards because i i told i i told united states that you broke the fourth amendment and at the end of the day you got to look at it it was when it first happened nobody had nobody was sick in our town not one case was sick in our town um and we have 2,500 people, and I had less than 400 members in that gym, 12 people in there at a time. I think at the time, I, I limited it to 10, only 10 members in the gym at a time. And I was trying to, I was trying to be a good boy and, and follow some sort of rules. But then they just, it was a power trip. And he didn't even know. The guy didn't even know what. So he couldn't get to me. He wasn't affecting me. So he started taking down license plates numbers of the people going to the gym and he was going to ticket them for being there. Wow. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's where I drew the line. I was like, there's no way I serve my country to, and, and soar an oath to the constitution so that you could harass tax paying members that pay your salary. Absolutely not, sir. Not going to happen. And dude, honestly, uh, when this stuff was going on, we have a big group on social media, on Facebook and here in this insane at times state, but we have very good cannolis. Very good. Oh, yes, the tiramisu here will blow your fucking mind, dude. I bring you to, you come up here, Nick, you call me, get that good Greek last name. We'll bring, we'll go somewhere. <laughs> uh, you know, you'll fit right in, dude. I'll bring you, you'll have tiramisu that'll make you fucking, uh, it'll just, it'll do things to you. I'm, right? I'm in, Sorry. but, but I can't do, I don't understand the salt, pepper and ketchup shit. Well, why do you put salt, pepper and ketchup? Oh, on, on breakfast everything? sandwiches? Everything. Yeah. What the fuck? No, is that? it's just breakfast sandwich. I go get a sandwich. I go get a, I go get a bagel. Do you want salt and pepper and ketchup? No, fuck. No, I don't want salt, pepper and ketchup. Well, hold on, hold you? on. Let, let, let's, let's go. Let's get a little more detail oriented here. That's with a bacon, egg and cheese or a pork roll, egg and cheese. Yeah. And then you get salt and yeah. pepper ketchup on it. Have you tried it with the salt, pepper, ketchup on it? I don't know. Why would I do that? Well, because like you got to experiment with things, dude. You know what I mean? Like, what if I showed you this thing and you're just like oysters, right? People are like, I hate oysters and they eat them like oysters are amazing. So I think. I think we should have a blind taste test okay, when you come up. I'm down with that. We'll go live on the podcast. Up. All right. I'm down. Bro, if you're up here, you got to let me know. We'll fucking go out and get out. We got some savage food up here. It's fun. Like, I'm, I'm the most proud of the food in the state. I mean, that and that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, but back to this. Good. I, I want to talk, like, because you got cops that listen to this, right? I, I would think so. Yeah. I, I want to talk about cops that are fat. Let's do it. I want to, I want to, and I don't want to do it to hurt their feelings. If you hurt, if you hurt your feelings, that's on, that's your choice. I have a lot of law enforcement officers in our program and I see the damage that it does not to their, not just to them physically, but uh, to their families as well. So I'm not saying it is like an issue to, to embarrass them or to fat shame a cop, but more so, Hey, let's take a hard look at yourself and get your shit in order. Uh, I did a, I did a leadership seminar. That's funny that, so you'll get a kick out of this. The guy who raided my gym or one of the cops that raided my gym also on September 11th came to my house and, and, and gotten some involved because a hurricane blew my fence down and he tried to like do some sort of civil he tried to enforce a civil thing with me on September 11th. And I was, he basically said, if he didn't do something or I didn't do something, he was going to arrest me on the spot and take me downtown. 
ironically enough, I couldn't allow him to arrest me because I had to catch a flight that day to give to, to fly to Oregon to give an eight-hour leadership seminar to the Chiefs Association in Oregon. Wow. So I was like, I would really love to fight you on this at, and on my property and let you arrest me and, and just embarrass the shit out of you about how illegal this is. Um, but I have to go give a leadership seminar to the all the chiefs, the police chiefs in Oregon. So I have to go. Anyways, I, I thought that was funny. But I did. And I what I learned out there is, uh, do you know what the average lifespan is for a retired law enforcement officer or, or a firefighter? Now, me being who I am, I better have a close answer to this. I've seen the yeah, fucking poster a thousand times. I'm going to make two guesses. One's 53, the other one's 58. No, no, no. The time. How long from retirement until you die? Five years. Five years. Five fucking years. Like you give your whole life to this job, to this community, and you die five years after retirement? Brother, that's a tragedy. That broke my heart when I heard that. And I've got I've got these guys walking up to me in tears after I gave my my leadership. And I really talked to I don't know if you've come across excommunicated warrior, the seven stages of transition. I'll show you. So it's this this badass guy right here. Um, so I I wrote a. You book. have an audio book of that, Nick? You got an audio book on that? I do. Yeah, I'll fuck I'll fuck with your audio book. Um, it's bet the audio book's better. Uh, I make shit. I don't make shit from it, but uh. The audio book's better. Because okay, I'll buy I, your audio book and send you a $10 check. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> I'm, I'm very blessed in what I do for a living. Um, but the audio book is better because I what I did was I took a bunch of my friends and I did podcasts in between the chapters from their point of view of that chapter. So they they listened to that chapter and then we did a podcast talking about their experience in that stage of transition. Second big biggest purchaser of this book, law enforcement, because it's the same thing. You leave law enforcement, um, and this could be a whole other podcast, but you leave law enforcement, and then you, what are you? If you're not a cop, what are you? I mean, you did a, you're, you know, you're a cop for this whole time, and then all these different things happen, right? And and you probably see it at about the 10, 12 year mark, you start having some aches and pains and some injuries and, um. And then the you know the weight starts coming on and et cetera et cetera. Um, next thing you know, you're you know that cop that you see on the internet that's 50, 60 pounds overweight um, looks like a you know bag of Doritos or a pudding cup, um, and is supposed to like do something physical. Like not only like take the funny part away of that, like the 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 videos of cops trying to manhandle some perp, you know, and they don't know jujitsu and they don't know how to, they don't know how to grapple. That's funny. Right. But take that away. That cop has a family. And the reality of that guy getting hurt or that woman getting hurt because they don't, because they're, they're out of shape or they're don't know how to control their body is very high. And that's fucking horrible, man. And so to the person that is in that situation, because we have them in the agogi, take some take some ownership of where you're at, and 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 fix your shit. Not necessarily for yourself, but for you, the people who love you and, and rely on you. Dude, I was in the emergency room on Sunday, and 
I actually went to two different hospitals. The first one was a fucking disaster. And I was like, I'm going to get fucking some terminal disease just sitting in this goddamn fucking lobby. Anyway, when I was at the hospital, dude, um, boy, is there a place in the world that I never want to find myself than in a hospital? The 100% watching these people, and I will say it publicly, who clearly were not taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And having to spend their time in a medical care facility because of the lack of care, lack of thought. Um, and again, I'm also compassionate to like, maybe somebody has an eating problem because it comes from this. Maybe it comes from that. But you're right about the ownership thing. But I try to want to emphasize this point. Dude, you don't want to be spending four or five of your last years of your life sitting mm-hmm. in a room with a fluorescent light and a fuzzy TV <clears throat> and like, getting to eat when they bring you that half can of ginger ale, right? Like, like this is not how we want to go out and you are going to be heading down that route. And I got to tell you, I looked at those people here and I said, you probably didn't think at 25, this would be you at 68. Yeah. Right. You probably now wish you could go back. But, but for your community, you don't even make it to 68. And here's the thing, man. And this is, and and it's really sad. I had a, I had a woman, um, I had a woman comment on one of the posts because what I I, I basically I'm, I take a hard line and I just go listen, dude. If you're that guy, if you're listening to this and you're that guy, you're fucking selfish. You're selfish because you yeah you're gonna have you might get heart disease and stroke out and die you know whenever or whatever and have have some sort of some sort of issues and and die and be gone. You're not gonna be in pain. The reality is your family is gonna be around. Your kids are going to be around. You know what? They're going to want their father around. And your grandkids are going to come around. And they're going to want their grandfather around. And you're not going to be there to be a part of that life based off choices that you made. No one did that to you. Well, I got hurt. I don't give a fuck, dude. I got people that are like, I know people that have no arms and no legs that get blown up in, in Afghanistan and Iraq and fucking do jujitsu and or, you know, make six figures and fucking roll through life. Yeah. Are they in pain. They're in pain every day. So what? They're not overweight and they're not making excuses. So what's your excuse? You're because you have a degenerative disc disease and your meniscus hurts on your knee. You have a torn labrum in your shoulder. Give me a fucking break, dude. That is not an excuse for you to be 50 to hundred pounds overweight. No doubt. Sorry. It's not. And the only people that you're hurting are the people who love you the most. So easy to say fuck you to that, right? You could just right. hear it in your head and be like, you fuck you, dude. And and I don't think the people are understanding what Nick is trying to say. It's the same thing that I'm trying to say. We are almost the same age. We communicate the same way, right? So we're, we're, we're months apart in age. And it's that like, hey, I care enough to say something. It may not feel right. great. We don't deliver it often with compassion, but like we give a fuck enough to say that, hey, dude, you're you're fucking up, man. You look, you're going to be having a fucking heart attack. I'm glad you said that because I had a client, I had a client that's, that he's a, he's one of my tier one clients. Um, and he, dude, a year ago, he was basically on his, like, he looked like death. He was on his deathbed. Um, and then he saw one of his friends, you know, eight months later and they're like, holy shit, dude, what have you been doing? Well, I got joined the Agogi. I did this. He's down 80 pounds. You know, he's got his whole life ahead of him now. He's got a young son. He's, I think he's 55. Um, and he had kids late. His, his, his 
his son just turned seven and his friend goes, dude, man, you look phenomenal. I didn't want to say anything, but last time I saw you, you looked like death. You looked like you were dying. I thought, I thought you weren't going to make it a year. He's like, why the hell would you not tell me? And everybody doesn't want to assault someone. We're in this world now to where like, well, I can't say this because I'm going to, I'm going to hurt someone's feelings or I'm going to insult one. The people that I truly care about, I'm a hundred percent honest with, Hey, you're fucking up. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're doing, I'm, I'm going to hold them account. Now they might hate me for it, but if I truly care about someone, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with them. If I care about a friend and their marriage, I'm going to be like, Hey bro, you should probably not be flirting with that chick at work. You're heading down a bad road. Do you like your life? So why are you doing this? Why are you going to sabotage your life? Why are you sabotaging your health? What is happening in your life that you don't have purpose enough and you're not focused enough on what matters the most that you are self-sabotaging? As cliche as it sounds, um, I have I was on a very strict regimen. I allowed myself to get off of it because I had to go on the road. I was very it's a long story, but I had like I knew I was like, I have to go out here. I have to do this. I don't have a choice. I had six weeks of basically living on the road. And I'm going to try to maintain as much as I can, but dude, I, like they're long days. It's, I'm not trying to make excuses. So let me, let's be very clear about that. Yeah. I fell off the wagon. Now we're having, but you, you know, and I'm but telling you, guys, but you made the excuse to fall off the wagon, right? There's again, that's why I have a lot of compassion for people. There's a lot of things in my life that were going on, but also at the same time, I'm like, all right, fat bitch. That's it, man. Like you're, you're done. And I I've been like three days ago. I'm just like, you're just done. You're getting back on your fucking regimen. And you're going to have discipline eating. I go back into the book, Two Meals a Day by Mark Sissom, because it transformed me last time. And, yeah. you know, listen, I got people who are like, oh, I think you look fine. I like you the way you are. And I'm like, you don't, I get it. I appreciate you being kind. I don't like the way I look. And I said this on a previous podcast. There is no more truth in the world than taking your shirt off and looking at yourself in the mirror. And there's even bigger truth on the first day when it got warm enough to go swimming. Because this mm -hmm. is when you have to show the world what you did over the winter and you say mm -hmm. to yourself, what have you done? So, um, you know, dude, I, I, I hold myself accountable as well. But I also think about how silly it is that when we see things, we can't just say, I don't want to put that in my mouth. Like, think about right. how stupid it is to say, like, to look at something, and go, that's got to go in my mouth. Like, what's you're the so, yeah, saying, like, you're so fucking weak that you can't have you can't be go no to yourself. That's how weak you are. Yeah, dude, like, right. You can't say like, no, that's not going in my belly. I, I have to take that and shove it down my throat. Dude, you know what? I tell people, they're like, hey, man. And the, the guys get to a point to where like, hey, how fed up are you? How fed up are you with the way things are? They're like, I'm a 10 out of, I'm a 10 out of, out of 10. And I'm like, sweet. That's where you need to be, right? Because if you're not a 10 out of 10, then it's very easy. When things get hard, it's very easy to go back. But like, hey, man, but my family's not on board. I'm ready to change. You know, I'm, I got this extra 70 pounds. I'm tired all the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not paying attention to my kids and my wife like I should be. It's affecting everything at home. You know, I'm just exhausted and uh, I'm just tired of it. But my family's not on board. So they don't have to be on board. They're not on board because you've been living the way that you've been living. But when the dude takes the responsibility and he leads the way like it's supposed to be, everybody starts to like, it's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Happens and here, Frank. You, you think it happens here? And like Frankie's our podcast producer, right here. Like, dude, it happens here. 
soon as I start kicking off again, you all motherfuckers start to follow again. Like, you know, it just takes one person to hold everybody accountable. Yeah. And yeah. I, it happens to my son. I watch, like I'm out here in, in the living room at eight 30 at night doing hundred burpees. Cause I do a hundred burpees a day. And you know, he's looking at me and he's like, Oh God dang it. Okay. He's two and a half. And he gets down and it's, it's setting the example. If you start eating right and you start taking care of, you start getting up early and you're doing your training and you see results, your kids are going to look at you and go, they're either going to look at you and go, my dad's fat and old and he can't really play with us. Or they're going to look at you and go, dang dad, how do I get abs like you? When I grow up, I want to be like you. That's a fucking choice, man. If you lead the way, they don't have to do what you do. You just need to do it, get the results. They will fall in line. It's so true, dude. It is so true. And I got to tell you, I would, Frank, if you came in and started doing that shit, I'd be like, oh, fucking Frankie's on it. I got to get like, cause this is a guilt association with like, you know, and, and as soon as I kind of say like, let's get some pizzas, you're all eating pizzas, right? Like, we're fucked up. It's it's so interesting. And to that about your two and a half year old seeing you lift weight, uh, you know, do burpees, uh, bro. I, I I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a gym in my basement. And like my kids, sometimes my kids are like, "Where are you going?" Like my five year old's like, "I got to work out." And like, dude, they go down. I have a video. I was re recording the other one the other day. I'll send it to you. That's so awesome. And he called me, yeah. recorded. Bro, he came to the basement. Now he's in his underwear. I can't really share it publicly, but this dude's running laps, grabbing cables, doing he's six, right? Doing cable crossovers. Dead fucking serious. He's getting nothing accomplished. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is, yeah, dude, he was dead serious. And like, he was just mimicking. And I guess anything he's taken and collected and what he's seen, but they yeah. watch their father. So we do, uh, so I, we, I help with one of the uh, programs called the Squire program. I don't know if you ever come across of it. It's a father-son program. And uh, when we have these dads and sons show up, Put, you can put the dads on one side and you can put the sons on the other, on the other side. You match them. Match them without even knowing. Yeah. That, oh, that pumpkin goes with that pumpkin. That pair goes with that pair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That Jack yeah. dude goes with that Jack 16-year-old. You know what I mean? They're a reflection. Bro, pick, pick even sports, right? It's sort of a reflection, yeah. right? You got some dads who are baseball fanatics. My friend lives in town, one kid. His kid's pitching like 80-mile-an-hour fastballs in the second grade. But bring your kid to... Bring that kid to my house, put my five-year-old on a Sportsman 572 up and a 110 KLX Kawasaki. I got a kid who weighs 41 pounds that can ride a dirt bike like a pro, but he's been on him since he's two and a half because his father yeah. Yeah. likes power sports. Yeah. You know, we have quads and dirt bikes and side-by-sides and we we rolled out like, what's that fucking movie? Mad Max? We were like Mad yeah. Max going down the street, dude. Yeah. The video of it is really fucking funny. I got it. I'm going to start following this. I find you and follow you. This is awesome. Yeah, dude. Well, I'll give you my cell phone number, but dude, we should, we're gonna have to get off because I got Tom coming on next. Yeah. Uh, but Nick, you want to do this? Remember, again, tell Tom. This yeah, I got home. Pass tell your Tom. guard. Nick, yeah. Nick, I, well, Nick I'm going to come up there. I'm going to pass Tom to blast his guard. Um, he can bet on it. And um, I'm, I'm, I said that for the record. So he's getting old. He's been hitting the head a lot. He's not, he's probably not with it completely. You can pass all this information that I'm saying along. I'm writing it down right now as you um, talk. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's kind of, he, and he's gotten, he like, he's got, he's real, he's real, he's like, he cares a lot about people. So he might just let me pass his guard just because he cares about people. I don't know. He's gotten soft as he's gotten older, you know, but. <laughs> yeah. I'm passing this on, dude. And you got to leave this in for the podcast too. Yeah. So yeah. Tom will get to hear this. We're, um, our, dude, my gym, my gym is a Tom DeBlass affiliate. He's actually our professor. It's awesome, dude. Before we go, I'm going to do two plugs for your guys. Yeah, plug it I, up, bro. That's the whole point. 
because I because I give a shit if if you are if you're at the 10 12 year mark in law enforcement or anybody really but if you're really going to start transitioning away from law enforcement or you're thinking about it or you're just struggling in general um do yourself a favor and get that audiobook uh excommunicated warrior the seven stages of transition the reality is every single person who's read that or listened to it it's my story leaving special operations and inter- integrating back into the civilian world and how I be, you know, became successful through it and how to own my shit and deal with it all. But when you read it or listen to it, you really will feel like you're reading, you're listening or reading your own story. And every single person has said that because we all go through the same shit. We just don't talk about it. We all have the same feelings and we all have the same pains. We don't talk about it. And the other thing is, if you're one of those guys that is overweight and you're really struggling and you're fed up and, and you're just like pissed off at yourself that you're allowed to get there and you know you're not being the type of version of a man, husband, father that you're supposed to be, reach out to me. Let's get you on a program. Let's get you. I do a 30% discount for law enforcement and military. So let's get you living right. It's not forever. It's a, it's a period of time and it's not a fad bullshit. It's like, Hey, listen, this is how, this is how you're going to sustain yourself in your late thirties and forties. Right. Cause the shit that, you know, the shit that we did when we were 25 doesn't fucking work at 41 anymore. <laughs> doesn't work. So there has to be a new way to do things that is also sustainable that you can go enjoy your life with your family and be the man that you want to be. So those are my two things. Where can they find you on social media? If you can find my name, Nick Kumalatsos, good luck. Let's spell that shit for us. I spell it for you. K-O-U-M-A-L-A-T-S-O-S. There you go. Yeah. So I'm actually reading it off the fucking screen, dude. I have it written down here as well. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yo, um, bro, I hope you could do this again, man. I think we have a lot more to talk about. Yeah, we do. Definitely got a big audience, bro. Like it's, it's, it's worth time. Do we got 450,000 subscribers? So, well, I got, I just, I'll just come up there. We'll do it in person. What's but hey, I got, I got to run. I got a call. I'll shoot you a message. Right, dude. Yo, peace, man. Thank you for doing Thank this. Thank you guys so much. Later, See you, bro. Guys, if you're in an area where you're trying to get to our classes, but we're not close to you, fret not. We actually have on demand training at streetcop.com. You can take that course online right now, and then you could attend that training in the future at no additional cost. You can redeem your voucher, so you get two for the price of one. We don't want to deny you the ability to take this training now, especially knowing that it can keep you safe at a very minimum, putting bad guys in jail where they belong, and at the maximum, going home to your family. Check out streetcop.com for that offer.